What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Hollywood Already Did It, your weekly movie podcast for all things rebooted, remade, sequelized, adapted, and otherwise unoriginal and uninspired. As always, I am your host, Blake Schultz, and with me is my co-host, Terrence Tatum. Hello, everyone. We are in week 13, 12, 12, 12, 12, 12. of yeah. COVID-19. So we are doing this over Skype again. So we're sorry for any issues. We're also <laughs> sorry that movies don't come out anymore. But because movies don't come out anymore, we've decided to do a, uh, you know, if I was into dumb puns, I'd call it our quarantine stream of uh, just the <laughs> movies and TV shows that have been getting us through this rough and tough time because that that's what art is for sometimes <laughs> it's also for more important things sometimes but sometimes, sometimes it's just to, to close off the darkness for a little bit and get an live escape. get an escape for a little bit yeah so terrence what have you been watching so it's interesting when all of this first went down my first thing and it's a weird thing you always go back to like the comfort stuff and you're like oh cool i know this so i'll just rewatch all of the movies that i've always always seen so we did like a marvel marathon when we first started and then my brain was like i do need to still grow and learn and watch some new things so i started actively kind of seeking out anytime i'm watching something that i'm used to i'll watch something that i have not seen in that same week so um couple of movies that I watched. One that I really, I think everyone should see um, is a movie called Uncorked. It's a Netflix film um, from a gentleman named Prentice Penny. He, first time director, but he wrote and writes on um, Issa Rae's uh, show Insecure. And it's about a boy um, who gets a, who is in a family of, um, he's African-American man who's in a family who basically their entire family is legacy barbecue owner so they have a barbecue spot and they've been that's the family thing like when you, someone dies they pass on barbecue and you, this is what you're going to do this you know your life's work for the rest of your life because of this but the main character uh ends up falling in love with wine and wine tasting and being like a sommelier uh and it's his name's elijah and it's about him figuring out if this is something that he wants to do for life or does he want to actually go out on his own and kind of step out and do a new thing, doing a world where sommelier being in the wine tasting stuff, it's not, that's typically not a black people thing as you would kind of quote unquote say, but um, his family is very, specifically his father is not really for it. And it's this whole back and forth between fathers and sons, legacies, the legacy issues. And then the mom kind of fits in. It's like, well, let my boy do what he wants to do. And then, a whole thing happens with her. And it's it's a fascinating look at a boy trying to figure out what he is to be as a man and if he is nothing more than just what the sins of his father or what his father uh, wants him to be. And uh, it's funny. And I know that sounds dark, but it actually is really comical. And you can think of the humor that you see in from some of Issa Rae's stuff. That's what this is. It's very, like, witty funny, not slapstick and uh, heartfelt. And I think it's... I needed that movie came at a time when uh, stuff was getting really heavy and dark. And I was like, cool. That helped me kind of like get through a couple of days because I needed that release. Yeah, it's it sounds like a movie that's very timely in a way, but also has that universal theme of the past to the future and dealing with 
the idea of being a man and being in somebody else's shadow and figuring out your own path while still honoring a legacy that's before you. I think that kind of stuff is always interesting to watch. Those are themes I always like. I always sort of like the idea of what does it mean to be a man? And I think that's partly because uh, I'm a very animated, skinny person who likes (laughs) stupid things. Uh, so every now and then it is like, oh man, I bought like four action figures this week. Am I a man? Yeah. And, and, I don't and that, know. That very much happens in this because this uh, Elijah's character also is very much, he's done a lot of, or he started a lot of things, but never finished them. And his parent, his dad specifically, I was like, well, you need to grow up. You're not a, you're not a man yet until you actually stick with something. You never stick with something. So yes, you kind of get that like, am I a grown up or maybe I'm doing this wrong? <laughs> which i think you know now we're both in our 30s i think that's something that is a constant struggle because you know you get on any facebook any twitter anything and even outside of familial stuff just seeing friends who are buying houses or having yeah. kids or who like do important work we uh i just was talking to two of my friends from chicago last night and one of them works in like the medical field and helping develop supplies and getting things so his life has been flipped upside down 100 uh and my other friend works in like defense and coding and programming things for the for the u.s government and these <laughs> important things and you know then they'll be like how are you doing and i'm like I, we just did a podcast about whether or not venom was an appropriate <laughs> adaptation of the comics <laughs> like god bless it it's damn it and you just sit there now, and I, I, the state of the world right now with it being on fire, and I don't know if you've dealt with this, but it's challenging to get up and work on movies when the world is broken, and you're just sort of like, no, no, it's really important what people think of this upcoming film. Yeah, like, I, I mean, Blake and I are day-to-day is dealing with, always dealing with movies, so we, we're in it. But I, it's been hard, especially at the beginning, but it's always been that. This whole week, I've been sitting here like, None of this really matters. <laughs> like this isn't that important of a thing in comparison I mean, to what the hell is happening in the world. And you can convince yourself that it does. I think we just kind of are sort of doing that now in this like, oh, well, we're all kind of sad and depressed and the world's burning. But like we turn to the movies to get us through it and remind yeah. us. And when you you look at audience and demography and lifting up important voices and important themes and diversity and all these other aspects that are in it and there's the old like life imitates art and art imitates life and these things are important to look at and and gauge but we're like the people who are inspiring the people on the front lines and the front line people will always have the harder job so i think when you look outside and you see people protesting and working on a cure and doing this and you're like man, I'm going to make a really good podcast so that that frontline worker doesn't get so sad so on their own. that they can work. come home and have a relief. No, I, I, but I, they're still going to save somebody yeah, and I'm not. I, I actually 100% agree with that. This happened during sort of with the stay at home study, like all these frontline people taking care of, but those people need a release. Like art is still an important part of that art podcast music. I mean, I, I can't tell you the majority of times that I've gotten through a breakup because I had an album at that point in time. And I was like, oh, this got me through. You need something to release you from the day-to-day tensions. And 
yes, while it may seem trivial to us, for some people, watching a movie or hearing a podcast is the best part of their day. So uh, it's a weird thing where, like, yes, I beat myself up, and then I'm like, ah, for someone out there, this is important to them. This is their release to get through their shitty ass, everything's hitting them from all sides type of day. Yeah. And then, you know, there is some release because here we are being like, is this important and does it matter? And are we men or not? And here's a movie that probably at the end of the day is like, you're a, you calm down. You're an adult <laughs> man. You have a job. It's fine. The sins of your father are forgiven. Relax. Like, yeah. It, that's also kind of a nice part to be sort of convinced or even, you know, we like characters who are not always the best because we're not always the best. And when Tony Stark can turn his life around, we're like, I also will one day be a hero. Things will work out for me. I'll get there. They forgave him. <laughs> right. It's fine. <laughs> Uh, so it's good. You would recommend this. I would definitely recommend this. I think this is a movie that no matter what race you are, you should watch it. It's uh, it's funny. And it's it's a heartfelt flick that I think people should check out. Good. I will add it to my ongoing list of nonsense. Speaking of ongoing list of nonsense, uh, <laughs> the kind of where we started, I was with you. My roommate and I turned very heavily to the comfort foods. And we'll get on weird not weird, but we'll get on kicks of like, oh, we watched The Matrix. We should watch every sci-fi movie that we can. Or like, we'll watch Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and go, ooh, let's get on this Tarantino vibe. Yeah. And this, I don't know how it happened or why it happened. I'm sure something was on sale on Vudu. But the first probably month of our quarantine was defined by Happy Madison Productions. <laughs> nice. It just is where we were. And, you know, and we did we did all of them because there were some that I hadn't seen in a long time. There were one or two that I just hadn't seen, like Bruce Bigelow, Male Gigolo. I had never oh, seen that so recently. Yeah. What a picture. Yeah, Bruce uh, Bigelow's a solid one. The first one, the second one, whatever. That's bad. <laughs> and it was fun going back because I spent so much time in high school on Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore that those movies – I know objectively are hilarious, but I don't know that I'll ever laugh at them again because I just know it so well. Yeah, like you know all the setups, all the punchlines, you know where it's at, yeah. So it was good to go back to things like Big Daddy and experiment with some of the other stuff. And even then, you know, that kind of led to um, The Right Missy coming out on Netflix, which we watched, and it was a very... It's funny watching the trajectory of these comedies because they really start out with kind of some raunchiness and some heart. And as you watch these actors age, <laughs> it it's like there's a period where he just stopped caring. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it oddly makes me feel good because no one else is really doing this. Like we've been watching, we just say, call them dumb comedies. And that'll range from the American Pie movies to the Road Trip movies to uh, whatever you can think of. Austin Powers. Yeah. yeah. That type of stuff, yeah. And it it really makes you miss having this mid-level budget comedy in theaters that were also character-driven and theme-driven. Like, there really always was a lesson in the Happy Madison movies. It's weird to think about but they did a really good job of always giving adam sandler a very 
emotional arc. You look yeah. at something like Big Daddy, where he does start not caring about anything. And when that kid who would grow up to be in Riverdale, which blew my mind, <laughs> um, is just screaming to not like leave and get yeah. ripped away. And I wipe my own ass, but I wipe my own oh. ass. And you know, it's a funny line. It's like, oh my God, this kid is, this is so sad. We're ruining this family. And we yeah. need, there's so much empathy in it because I think everybody goes through those apathetic, cynical moments and it takes a big emotional gut punch to go, oh, my life is in disarray and it is this. It also is warping because it is those like, look at these average looking men get the most attractive women. Easily the, the gorgeous, most gorgeous woman on the Without planet. a shred of, tr of effort. <laughs> they just have to exist like they're the last man in New York. <laughs> and and yeah. they'll just come running. Um, yeah. It's also oddly comforting to know that not every comedy that I loved as a kid is like grossly problematic. I don't yeah, think there I mean, were really any Happy Madison movies where I was like, oh no, that's racist. Yeah. Now he pretty much always was on the up and up with all of the, some of it, like some of the probably the LBGTQ stuff was a little out there, but yeah, for the most part, he was, he was pretty, pretty solid. Like I love, there's an era, I kind of grew up in that era of the, of the Happy Madison or like the, um, the Jim Carrey comedies, like that mid era where you had there's something about Mary and all the Fairly brothers and all of those comedies. That was a great time to be a, kid and grow up with those but like the first era of madison films with like wedding singer and all of those i was in love but then you're right it does take a quick turn i'd say around the the little nikki era where you're like oh this is this is turning this is and going little nikki was okay that's one that i had never seen i oh, had i yeah there was something weird that i did as a kid and, and my roommate and i talked about this because we put on orange county the other night too there were there was a period of time probably when I was like 12 until now where if a movie's box art looked dumb, I just ignored it. And <laughs> Orange County was one of those movies where whenever I saw the cover, I was like, why are their eyes oranges? This is stupid. Yeah. I'm just walking away from it. And little Nikki had the same thing where I was just like, this guy looks like an idiot. I'm not watching this movie. He was in the blue, the blue like bomber jacket, right? Like the blue... Yeah, and he's got that dopey look on his face. Yeah. It's like all fire around him. Yeah. You're like, ugh. But it, it's not bad, but I think you're right. I think that's the... That and when he let Rob Schneider do whatever he wanted is when you're like, oh, okay, <laughs> this is gonna... And then he got to do grown-ups, and then he learned he could just make more money than God just hanging out with his friends. I just want to be with my friends all the time. This is fun. Yeah. But I thought The Wrong Missy was funny, and I, I it did make me very happy that this type of comedy can live on in a new distribution channel. And I, it, oddly, as easy as it is now to be like Adam Sandler, I roll. He's always putting a hundred percent into his movies and his roles, even when they aren't great. And yeah. that's why every 10 years you get an uncut gems. Right. Uh, but the reality is, is you just don't get mid-level crazy stupid comedies in theaters as much if not any more and for the kind of movie that like got me wanting to do this kind of stuff to live on somewhere else makes me really happy it's even like we've been re-watching these movies and i just go with it is by no means a great film but it's been in the top 10 of netflix since the wrong missy came out and a part yeah. of me is like good 
there's an audience for Adam Sandler movies. They're I think keep this 20 I, year think, old movie in the top 10. Yeah. And I think that's why like Netflix was like, look, we're going to pay him. Like I know there's, there's a lot of vitriol that comes to him, but he is definitely a person that his audience exists and they've existed and they haven't really gone away. Like yeah, his numbers may have dropped, but he, his niche audience will follow him wherever he wants. And I, and I think, uh, and I think that says a lot about who Adam Sandler is as a person. Like he himself is a good person, so the audience kind of goes with his ebbs and flows as it comes along. Yeah, and I think that he's also have he's had so many hits that even if you get like a Jack and Jill and a Grown Ups and a Grown Ups two back to back to back, you just you just have to be like, yeah, but Punch Drunk Love and Uncut Gems. And- yeah. Everything Happy Madison did in the '90s and early like thousands, like that mid '90s to early '90s run, you're not gonna, you're never gonna recreate that. You know, like, for me, yeah, like the anger management, like Big Daddy, Waterboy, like that. He was on fire. Like he was for a while. They're releasing something every year, so it's like, dude, you're, you're, you're fine. <laughs> right, and to, and to come out the way he did and just become this monument of comedy and yeah and you're right like be a good person and and his comedies have aged better than others i mean even the american pie movies that i adore when you go back and watch you're like oh yeah they're really like there's some problems shitty (laughs) sort of bad even if they aren't like hardcore problematic you're just kind of like these are bad people these are not good people why was i behind these guys adam sandler movies nine times out of ten starts off with you going this is a bad guy and by the end of it you're like he grew and changed where it's like stifler was just always stifler for three (laughs) three plus films he has always been a dick (laughs) right these guys are just always assholes (laughs) They're, they're constantly just like, how do we watch the women be naked? Aren't you getting married tomorrow? Yeah, but I want to see them naked. <laughs> and you're like, well, I don't know. So that's what I've been doing. Have you have you found any shows? I know I feel like Netflix is cranking out. They're cranking out shows left and right. I definitely, when this first started, I, uh, I was, the timing wise, I was like, oh, cool. Ozarks is right in this realm. Thank you. So I, I definitely burned through Ozarks season three, and I did that pretty quickly. But the show that really, this being off and gave me time to actually watch was I got a hold of CBS Access finally. And I'm a huge Star Trek fan. Grew up, born and raised on it. Uh, Next Generation and Deep Space Nine are my two favorite uh, series of that show. So being that next generation is, I had to go back and watch Picard, which is on CBS Access, and I watched that from start to finish in a relatively short amount of time. Um, I had mixed feelings on it uh, overall. I thought Patrick Stewart was great. It was good to see him back in the role. It was good to see you know Star Trek back up and going. But the thing that kind of bothered me, this is sort of a problem with Star Trek as a whole, what they've been doing with some of the films, although the films I think became more like Star Trek as they, as they went along, but it just felt like it was an action oriented show that happened to have Star Trek as a backdrop. Star Trek definitely delved into more political issues and like dealing with race and gender and, and sometimes sexuality and it hit those heavy issues where this just became a straight up action movie and sometimes to a violent effect like their response to doing away we're having some type of diplomacy was like cutting someone's head off and i was like wait a minute we haven't even talked this out you're just straight up decapitating people and it just became outside of 
Patrick Stewart's Picard, everyone else in that world was so dark and violent that it's like, I don't think I want to be a part of this anymore. Um, and that was kind of disappointing. I, I went all the way through just because I love Patrick Stewart, but the show as a whole, I was like, this doesn't feel like what I, I expect or want from Star Trek. I completely agree. I felt like I loved the pilot. And with each episode, it just got a little bit further away from what I wanted. And I I don't fully know what it is I wanted from the show anymore. I, I, think. I couldn't either. Yeah. But I just felt, knew that wasn't it. <laughs> yeah, it felt a little, I guess, a little less J.J. Abrams Star Trek and a little more Logan is kind of what yes. I wanted. Yeah. I didn't really get the riding off into the sunset vibe that I kind of wanted. I got more of a the cowboy's not ready to retire. He just chose to walk away and now he's back and it's going to be like a high octane adventure instead of a slow methodical look at life. Right. Uh, I don't even know if I wanted that either. 10 episodes of, of a Logan style movie stretched over 10 hours might also just be like, we get it, Johnny Cash. You hurt yourself today. <laughs> it still bleeds. It does. What? I assure you, you can stop doing it. Yeah, and it was weird to see some characters that I know from Star Trek come back and kind of like Seven, Seven and Nine came back and I was like, oh, you don't feel quite the same Jerry Ryan anymore. So it, it was, as a whole, it was disappointing. Now, I have not watched Discovery at all. I know that Star Trek is just cranking out shows left and right now, but I... CBS All Access needs content. They need content, right. I can't be. It's on when your movie section has no movies. <laughs> yes. Um, apparently they're already trying to rebrand CBS Access. Like they bought something else and now they're going to like, next year we're going to rebrand this and change this up because <laughs> this isn't working. <laughs> because having the Twilight Zone and Star Trek turns out wasn't enough. <laughs> right. They were like, do we not? It must be weird to work at a company like CBS and look at the industry and go, man, it's really IP driven. How many IPs do we have? Two? <laughs> That's it? Are they strong? They no. were in the 60s. <laughs> okay, okay. We can do this. It's like, well, this will work. This will work. We still I have mean, the I good wife. I love the Twilight Zone, but yeah. if you ask me to pick two things to make an entire company out of, I, I don't think I would pick those two. I would just bow out. I'm like, all right, guys, we don't have anything here. We'll have to get the get, come back to this. Yeah, that's like, you know how when you get a strawberry sundae, it's got that like strawberry syrup and the strawberries, you're like, oh, that's so good. The strawberries and that syrup, they're amazing. If I went to a place, though, and they were like, we've only got the strawberry syrup and some strawberries, <laughs> I'd be like, well, that's not what I want. That's, that's not enough. I that's... need something else. <laughs> you don't have any nuts or whipped cream or, you know, ice cream. You just have the, the syrup. How cold is it? It's not cold. Uh, I'm going to pass. It's been, it was so funny because CBS Access gave me two weeks free, and I was like, that's all I need because I've, I've gone through what I need to get <laughs> Here, I'm out. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I got it for my mom for Mother's Day because she loves Star Trek and the Twilight Zone. And I recently was like, oh, I'm, I got HBO Max, so we can do that, too. Right. And she texted me back and she was like, well, if you need to save money, I haven't turned on CBS All Access in a while. And I was like, oh, <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> that, that, makes, that makes sense because there's nothing there. <laughs> You've watched all of the Brady Bunch already? All right. Yeah, right. That's enough dunking on CBS All Access. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get like one guy now who's like, I love it. <laughs> it's the only place where I can enjoy the Brady Bunch. 
which is also a great show. What uh, what shows have you been into? So we've been, I mean, it just feels like we're ripping through stuff. And ironically, the show binge is the one area that we haven't really done much old. We are in a way we're getting, I'm introducing my roommate to Scrubs, which I will probably save for a, a, the next one we do. Because I think that's a meatier conversation of how that show uh, in several ways has not aged as much as I'd like so- it to. I'm what yeah I'm uh, I've messaged you before but I'm listening to them do their rewatch on their podcast and they've even said like oh this their stuff that we would not be able to get away with or do at all. <laughs> I mean some of it's just de- like The Office has moments like that Scrubs has like straight up whole episodes where I'm like oh <laughs> yeah and it it almost feels like somebody there was like we can get away with it Turk is black right it like it almost has this weird like. They thought that gave them liberties, but the show I really wanted to tap into a little bit, because it's probably the most current thing we'll mention on this podcast, is Space Force. Yeah. Which I think everyone has kind of universally decided is okay. (laughs) And I'm so disappointed that it's just okay, because I think Greg Daniels has made some of the single greatest comedies when it comes to television in our lifetime. Between The Simpsons, I believe he had a big part of King of the Hill. He definitely was the creator of The Office. And now this, I just am like, he de- he made everything that defined the type of comedies I like. And he's got some of the best working actors from Steve Carell to John Malkovich to Ben Schwartz that you could possibly have. And he's just going to dunk on Space Force. Hell yes. <laughs> and the first two episodes are so funny they're so good and then it just kind of wanes downhill and i think what happened is two things small spoiler alert china is kind of the villain they do their space stuff and then china beats us to the punch so it becomes what do we do about china and i think while they were editing this coronavirus happened and I, I don't think anybody there had the balls to go, China's the villain now. Right. Whether or not that's good or bad is a different conversation that I'm not going to have with four minutes left in our show. Right. Um, but I think if your show is going to say something, it should just say it. It shouldn't change its mind in the last inning. It's also very apparent that Fred Willard passing away affected this show. But what's also apparent is that he passed away after production, which is tragic and sad. But the show finished filming and was editing and was about to come out during COVID-19. And it feels like they just cut him out of the show. It feels like their solution to him passing away was put him in the pilot in the second episode and then just never have that character show up again. It's funny. I I haven't watched um, Space Force. Uh, but I know Fred had also popped up on Modern Family, and the last time that he was on there, he did look ill, so I'm wondering if they were like, maybe we should just cut him out. Well, he looks rough when you watch him in Space Force, and it's, you know, I don't even know that it would have been funny if he hadn't passed away, because it is very like, look at the old people being old, but it, it... it did almost feel inappropriate. Like he shows up in one scene and is like, 
He can't remember anything. He doesn't really know who he's talking to. He's lost track of his wife. And he and even Steve Carell is kind of like, where's just the guy who's supposed to be helping you, Dad? Where is he? And it's like, oh, was this going to be the bit the whole time? that, and, that and, Right. And this just didn't feel right? And now it feels time? wrong, all things considered. Yeah. And so, But it's, that, again, that weird thing where I'm like, either keep it in all the way. And I don't know that they edited him out, but I don't buy that they got Fred Willard to do four scenes and then just left. Because if that's yeah. the case, the show is poorly written. If that's They might not- also, I don't know when this was filmed, but they also may not have had access to him anymore. If he did, if his health did start deteriorating, they may not have been able to use him anymore. Yeah, and, it, and that kind of becomes indicative of the other characters who were there too. Like Steve Carell's daughter just sort of runs out of stuff to do in the show. And it really feels like the writers wanted to make Steve Carell and John Malkovich and Space Force. And while they were doing this, we're like, well, then he'll have this daughter. And then we'll have this character. And then we'll have this character. And then by the finale, they just forgot about them. Like nobody really finishes an arc. I think what this show is trying to say, there's a great monologue Steve Carell gives about how we like we get forgetful about history and we repeat the mistakes. And the line is like, we stop, we forget how bad polio is. We stop taking vaccines. We forget how bad world war two is. And suddenly you want me to bomb a, a, a Chinese base on the moon. This is insanity. Like we shouldn't be, we shouldn't be operating this way anymore. And I was like, well, that's actually a really great thesis statement to have in 2020 when it feels like a history final is repeating itself every single day of the week. Right. It's a shame that you didn't make that more vocal. And again, I don't know if Greg Daniels or somebody at Netflix was like, look, we can't make China the enemy anymore. But I don't know. They never say anything bad about China. You have to <laughs> war. You have to pick a country to be the enemy. <laughs> yeah. like, um, I don't know if Fred Willard passed away and made them edit out the show, but it it just feels like there should have been two more episodes that would have really hammered it out because then the show just stops. And that was the biggest disappointment is the show gets to a scene and they're like, and this is happening. And it doesn't feel like a cool cliffhanger. It feels like there should have been a scene after. <laughs> and I just went, oh, that was abrupt. And because I'm, I'm sitting there, this whole show being like, I don't understand these reviews. It's pretty funny. This is pretty good. It's not The Office, but I didn't want it to be The Office. You can't do the same thing twice. Right. The Simpsons wasn't King of the Hill, wasn't The Office. Why should Space Force be The Office? Oh, this show just ends. It's funny because huh. I think um, I've only I've only I'm, I just started it, but I've watched two or three episodes of Upload, which Greg also wrote on, and I'm like, oh, this is really smart and really well done. I wonder if he was just kind of like running himself thin, doing kind of two shows actively at the same time. That also could be it. Yeah. but Because uploads is, is good. It's that's going to be the next thing I start. That'll probably be, unless a movie comes out of nowhere <laughs> right. next week. Um, speaking of next week, this is it for this week. And uh, we're sorry that there aren't movies right now to talk about, but I hope you enjoy us rambling about the things that we're revisiting and discovering the fun part about this is it gives us a chance to talk about things we normally wouldn't talk about, whether it is like nostalgic movies or original movies or TV shows. Uh, the downside is, is that's not the show. 
So like <laughs> Space Force in the office, sorry. But uh, we'll be back next week. We'll see what happens. Of course, you can follow the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash group slash Hollywood already did it on Twitter at Hollywood ADI on Instagram at Hollywood already did it. You can leave us a review on iTunes and you can follow me at as always Blake and Terrence at Terrence Tatum. And we will see y'all uh, next time. Later. <laughs>